You know, when we sang that song today, and, and I'm just admitting this, <laughs> it was the first time I, I really caught it, what it was saying. We speak Jesus. It, it di- I didn't get it. I was like, okay, what does that mean? And then it dawned on me. Everything we do is in Jesus' name. We speak Jesus. Healing is because of him. Broken marriages are restored because of him. Everything good is because of Jesus. He's the one that spoke in the beginning. He was God's voice. Right? Let there be light. Boom. There was light. Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. So today's message, uh, hopefully it comes together. It's called, I Heard a Loud Shout. How many shouters are in here today? Yeah, all right, all right. You know, by the way, we could have used that, uh, everybody that was up on that choir. Now, some of you were with us last Sunday, but, and the girls helped. Hey, you guys were awesome, yeah. But we could have used a couple of them baritone guys up there. It would have been nice if you'd showed up, but I know you weren't feeling good. <laughs> excuses, excuses. I heard a loud shout. We like to shout sometimes. I wanted to talk a little bit about what Christmas is, right? What is Christmas? And today isn't about Christmas, which you're going to see here in just a moment. So just bear with me. Christmas, it's, it's a day to lavish each other with all kinds of gifts, especially expensive ones, and to eat and to drink too much, right? Yeah! And to watch those silly parades with those giant balloon animals and the strange floats that people seem to put together and the animals they come up with and other creatures... And then to watch your favorite college team play and lose. I mean, win. (laughs) Right? Isn't that what Christmas is? Not. (laughs) Christmas is the day that we celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and his virgin birth. Carrie Walding explained it like this, and I've got it up behind me just so that you can see I'm reading it. At a finite point in history, he is such a deep thinker. This personal God chose to make a decisive move to ransom humanity from the shackles of our sin. Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, took on human form in the humility of a baby. Human, so he could suffer in our place. God, so he could pay our infinite debt. He lived out his calling to give his life so that whoever believed in him would have everlasting life. And of course, that is a quote from John 3.16. Would you read this with me? For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. That's the kind of God we serve So December 25th is the day that we celebrate the start of Jesus' earthly ministry in his earthly body. Born again, as I said, both human and divine. The angel told Mary that she would conceive 
and that she would name her baby Jesus. There's that name again, Jesus. You know, you can go into a public place and you can say just about anything you want, but if you start saying Jesus, somebody's going to come and invite you to leave. Why? Because there's power in that name. Power to deliver people from all the things that ail them. Now, of course, Mary was wildly confused. How could that happen? She asked. I'm a virgin. She knew biology. She knew this thing wasn't going to happen on its own, right? And the angel of the Lord told her that she would be impregnated by the Holy Spirit. Let's read from this passage, Luke 134, and it says, oops, I was already there. All right, quit messing with me. Mary, I'm talking to John, not you guys. Mary asked the angel, how, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin, right? And then the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called what? The Son of God. Now, is that a name that everybody's given? No way. He was deity, all right? He was God, even though he was a little baby. Verse 36, what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. This was a miracle, by the way, if, if you've read the story. People used to say she was barren. Ha! Used to. You know, that's the kind of God we serve. I used to be a sinner, <laughs> but no more. I am born again. I have been delivered by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. But she's now in her sixth month for nothing. Oh, I love that. That's my highlight. For nothing. Say it with me. For nothing is impossible with God. We need to carry this with us. For nothing is impossible for God. He took this virgin girl. And she was, she was wed, or excuse me, she was, what do you call it? She was betrothed, betrothed. What was that word Barb messed up with? <laughs> she was betrothed. Now I'm not even going to say it again. To Joseph. And of course, when Joseph first heard the news, what did he say? <laughs> Who you been messing with? <laughs> but he was a gentleman, so he was going to divorce her quietly, right? That's what scripture says. And then the angel showed up for him too and said, hey, dummy, this was God. Leave her alone. Marry her. <laughs> kind of like that. That's my version, but nothing is impossible with God. Hallelujah. I got to turn the page. Sorry. Got so excited I forgot where I was at. And I love Mary's response. I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. You know what that is? That's a faith reply right there. God, if this is what you're going to do in my life, I'm in it. I'm with you 100%. Let it happen. Let it come. I'll take the embarrassment. I'll take what everybody says about me. Come on. If this is you, I'll be all right. You know, sometimes we all need to take that kind of stand and say, look, I know I've messed up, but God's doing something here. I'm not the same person I was yesterday. 
Now, Mary didn't mess up like that, but we do. And God still chooses to use us. I used to be, but now I'm, yeah. That's the kind of miracle-working God we serve. Jesus, the fact that he was born of the virgin made him human. And he had to be human in order to fulfill the sacrifice for man. Because man sinned, not God. Man sinned in the garden. So Jesus had to be part man. On the flip side, the fact that the Holy Spirit ensured that Mary was pregnant, miraculously pregnant, made the baby part of the Godhead, right? And we like to look at it as he was 100% man, but he was also 100% God. Specifically, though, the angel said what? That Jesus is the Son of God. That's his description, not mine. Christmas. I love Christmas. Did you know that December 25th wasn't really the day that Jesus was born? Oh, you did. Oh, good. All right, good. Why did they come up with December 25th? That's kind of strange, isn't it? The answer is, and this is weird, it is based on when he died. This was a tradition amongst the Jewish people that they usually added nine months to the time when the person died to come up with their birth date. Hmm. So what they were saying is, Jesus was most likely born, or died, on March 20th. Yeah, you guys are quick. Well, one of you is. March 25th. By the way, did you know that Easter this year is on? No. But, but close, the 31st. Of course, if you subtract a couple of days... Right? It gets closer. So it changes every year. But what I'm saying is, it's very possible that that was when Jesus died. How do we uh, come up with this date? Well, some of our, our historians came up with this. Yeah. And I thought I had it in my notes, but I seem to have lost it. I don't know what I did with it. Oh, there it is. Irenaeus and Theophilus came up with this in the second century. And they actually wrote about him being born on December 25th. So that's their date, not ours, but we still use it today. I love Christmas. I already said that. But next Sunday, we're going to talk a whole lot more about Christmas. Not so much today. Because there's so much more for those who have trusted God and put their souls in his hands. So much more. Because Jesus was born a human, that means that you and I can be grafted into the heavenly vine. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to. But because Jesus was human, we are able to be grafted into God's vine, making us his children. Our future is bright. I want you to say that with me. Our future is bright. Do you believe that? Say it again. Our future is bright. 
It's very bright. How bright is it? Well, we'll talk about that in just a minute. But what I wanted to talk about is things that are future tense. Think about how much of what we do we base on what's coming, our future. For example, how many of you go to the grocery store? Most of you? Ed doesn't. No, he just sits there. <laughs> Babe, give me something to eat. Go to the grocery store. You don't do it, do you? You send your wife. No, I'm messing with you. You probably do once in a while. Did you ever go with her, with Brittany? Yeah, uh, once in a while. All right. That's the only way you get the good snacks. Otherwise, they come home with stuff you don't want to eat. What's this cardboard? <laughs> no, when, when we go to the, the grocery store, though, do we just buy for that meal that you're going to have next? You kind of plan it out, don't you, a little bit? It's like, all right, you know, what are we going to have this Saturday, next week? Maybe even two, three weeks out sometimes, just to make sure you've got some food. That's what it's like to buy for the future. How many of you set your DVRs to record certain shows? Come on. Nobody? Oh, two of you. Two people are on this. Ah, here we go. All right. Yeah, you don't want to miss that series. Man, you'd be messed up if you missed one, right? You got to watch them all in sequence. How about longer term? How many of you brush your teeth? How many of you should brush your teeth? <laughs> Breathe on your neighbor and let them... No, don't, don't do that. No, but when we brush our teeth, certainly it's, it's yes to freshen our breath for that moment, but it's more important it's so that when we go to the dentist the next time, he doesn't say, oh good, we have six cavities, I get to buy that new car. And then in the back of your head, you can hear that. Right? How many have had cavities removed? How many like that noise? And you can smell the, the tooth as he's drilling into it. Ah, it's horrible and it hurts. That's why we brush our teeth. So we don't have to do that. And floss, by the way, I should add that too. How about this? How many of you send your kids to school? Uh, three of you. <laughs> I send my kids to school. Why did you do that? Well, you're kind of hoping maybe somebody could put something in them, right? They wouldn't just be that kind of thing. No, you want them to learn to be a Somebody that's going to help build the community, you know? They're going to be smart. They're going to come up with a math problem that'll figure out how to do jet propulsion to Mars or whatever, or come up with a cure for cancer. I mean, aren't those things you hope for your son or daughter? And, and of course, you hope someday they'll make enough money they can take care of you when, when you get to that golden age, Right? I know some of you are short-term. You're thinking, no, I'm just trying to get them out of the house. <laughs> I get that. But most of us send our kids to school so they'll get an education, and one day they'll help build the community. They'll help build the church yeah. even, right? We need that. We need people to build the church. What about the spiritual side of looking toward the future? How much do we look to the future when it comes to our spirit? I don't know about you, but I'm not satisfied with the now. 
I love this morning. I love coming together in Jesus' name, having church with you, worshiping the Lord, hearing beautiful songs. But it's not enough. Is it? I'm not satisfied. I hope you're not either. I don't think we should be because when I really look around and, and I pull my head out of the sand and I, I, I look outside of my little bubble, the Gaylord bubble, if you will, what do I see? Shock, pain, suffering, distorted truth. Oh my. Who can you believe today? Hardship, where people live with little or no hope. <laughs> but those who trust in Jesus. Hello? Anybody here? But those who trust in Jesus. We have a hope and a My favorite verse. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. What are they? Plans for good and not disaster. For a hope. I'm sorry, I said it, but I am dyslexic. To give you a future and a hope. This is what God says to us, his people. Our future is bright. There will be no pain, no suffering, no tears, no diseases, no addictions. Can I hear an amen? amen? As some theologians put it, we live in the now, but not yet. The now. Does that make sense to you? We live in the now. Jesus has already, hopefully, you're born again, and you still are active in the church. The Holy Spirit fills you, and you go through this life serving him. But we're also looking forward to the not yet. When Jesus comes back for his church and takes us to be with him for a little while. Thank you. Some of you are awake. Forever. To be with him forever. Say it again. Forever. Byron Klaus said of this, we have one foot on earth and one in heaven. Can you picture yourself straddling those two worlds? One on earth and one in heaven, one in the flesh, and one in the spirit. I know that's weird, but I like that picture because I believe it's very accurate. That's what you are doing when you live your life today for Jesus, in honor of him, with the hope that one day you will hear those famous words, well done, my good and faithful servants. You have been faithful in the little things. Come, I am going to reward you with more. Let's celebrate. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's what I want to hear. I want to hear nothing else because there's only one other thing you're going to hear. Get behind me, you wicked and lazy servant. You know, there's no place in heaven for laziness. None. And if you're lazy... You in trouble. That's all I'm going to say. If you want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, you need to start living for him now if you're not already. 
You need to dedicate your life to him and begin to do the things that Jesus commanded us to do. Hallelujah. And you'll find that in Matthew 25, by the way. Compare this, what I've just mentioned, to planning for retirement on earth. How many have invested, and don't raise your hand, but how many have invested and made good decisions with your money with the hopes that you'll be able to live out your last couple decades fairly comfortable? All right? A lot of Americans do that today. Hopefully you're one of them. Sadly, the statistics say that most don't. About 90% of Americans right now are not ready for retirement. Yikes! That means what? gonna be rough when we get there but it is what it is you're not looking forward you're looking at the now i wanted to compare that to our earth our heavenly investments you know again and i've shared this a few times in the last few weeks but matthew chapter six don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures where? In heaven. Do we have a bank account in heaven? I believe we do. I believe this passage tells us that we do. But who's saying this, by the way? Jesus. These are the words of Jesus in Matthew 6. He said, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So, if you're planting in heaven, where is your heart? Hello? And heaven is future. And that's my whole point this morning, is we are looking future. It's the now, but not yet. It's one foot on this planet and one in heaven. Are you ready to go? Are you ready to go? Some of you are. I don't believe everybody said yes. I heard a shout, though. We, the people of the hope, have hope. Say that with me. We, the people of the hope, have hope. Our hope is forward-looking with a heavenly future that is described as glorious. And I'm not going to get into all of that today, but we're going to look at it a little bit. 2 Peter 3.13 said, But we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth. He, Jesus, has promised a world that is filled with God's righteousness. Hallelujah. Are you looking forward to what God has in store for you? Look, this life was never meant to be all that. Well, I think it was, but then sin came, and it took away the beauty of what God wanted to do. It took away the, the closeness. We could no longer be that close to the Lord because sin stood between us, that big gap, that chasm of sin. And then Jesus. And that's why it's so important that we celebrate Christmas because that's when we celebrate his birth but without jesus birth we wouldn't have the rest of the story which is 33 years of ministry and then at the end of that ministry fulfilling what his lord what his father told him to do and that was go and pay the ultimate sacrifice so that all of my people 
can enjoy eternity with us. Hallelujah. That's us. The Apostle John, and again, he was uh, exiled to the island of Patmos when he wrote this book, the book of Revelation. And I wanted to read, and this is my main text, I wanted to read from Revelation 21, uh, the first several verses. Verses 1 and 2. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Hallelujah. There's so many things going on here. A new heaven and a new earth. I understand that the, a new earth, but why a new heaven? I mean, it sounds pretty cool to me. Why a new heaven? Why is God making a new heaven? Leon Morris said of this, the point may be that in heaven, as so far described, there are symbols of God's separateness. For example, like the sea of glass found in Isaiah 4.6. But the final state of affairs will be characterized by God's nearness. We're not going to be separated from Him anymore. Amen. He's close. We are going to be able to run up to Him, maybe. We're going to be able to put our arms around Him. We couldn't do that before. I like to think of it as heaven and earth 2.0. I think that's fair. We see that a lot these days. A holy city. New Jerusalem. Some scholars believe or feel like the new Jerusalem could be the people. You and I. The bride of Christ. And often we are referred to as the city of God. The new Jerusalem. But that's not necessarily true here. It could be either one. We don't know for sure. But this we do know. The people of God are going to have new bodies. Not the kind that we have now. Not those full-bodied people that are round. Mary. she here? No, she left. I think she had to go somewhere. I'm going to continue. Hebrews 11.10 says this. Abraham was confidently looking forward to what? A city with eternal foundations. A city designed and built by God. 12.22, no, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. 13.14, for this world is not our permanent home. Read this with me. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. The now and not yet. It's yet to come. God is preparing this for us as I speak. And then in Philippians, Paul said, But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. How many can say amen to that? Back to Revelation 21, verses 3 and 4. 
I heard a loud shout. Woohoo! Say it with me. I heard a loud shout. Can you get excited? I heard a loud shout coming from the throne. Saying what? Look, God's home is now among his people. Hallelujah. You know, this, this whole uh, idea here comes from one word, Shekinah. Some of you love that word. I know it. You are Shekinah kind of people. And Shekinah refers to the glory of God, yes. But literally, this word in this sense means that God is now with men. That's what it's saying here. God is, that's what the shout was for. The whole plan of Jesus coming was so that we could be with him. From the beginning, God intended us, human beings, to have a relationship with him. And then our ancestor, patriarch and matriarch, Adam and Eve, blew it. And if it wasn't them, it would have been somebody else, I'm sure. They just happen to be the ones that did it. And we no longer had access to God. Like they did. They walked with him. They talked with him. How cool. God wanted to restore that relationship. Hence, Jesus. God sent his son. So that whoever believes in him will not perish, will have everlasting life. Meaning, we get to be with him. There was a loud shout. Look, God's home is now among his people. Hallelujah. He will live with them. And they will be his people. You see, this, this whole big story, this whole big picture is culminating here. And we're going to be there with them. This is what it's all about. Jesus didn't just come to save us from our sins. He came to save us so we could be with God forever. And ever, and ever, and ever, and ever, and ever, and ever. Anyway. (laughs) God himself will be there. God himself. Oh, I love this. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death, no sorrow, or crying, or pain. All these things will be gone for a week or two. Oh, you're paying attention. Forever. Now listen, I don't know what it's going to be like not to have sin. In my life and everybody else's. But I imagine it's going to be pretty cool. I can't picture myself with a smile on my face all the time, but I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. Because you're going to be there with Jesus. You may be a non-smiler, like I like to, uh, that's me. Man, I was in the store the other day and I had to correct myself. I walked by something and saw my face and I went, ooh, No wonder people are glaring at me. I know. Claudia, you know. (laughs) When we get to heaven, 
we aren't going to have anything to frown about. You turn that frown upside down, girlfriend and boyfriend. Come on now. Because that's what Jesus is doing for us. Making a way where there was no other way. And God wants us to be with him forever. And ever. Hallelujah. It begins with a loud shout. God's home is going to be amongst his people. We'll be clothed in his righteousness. Hallelujah. Some believe, and I believe this, that we're going to be more of a spirit body. And I, I base that particularly off of this, for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. I believe we're going to have some kind of a different body, but we're still going to recognize each other. There are enough scriptures that lead to that, that we're going to know people somehow, even if we don't look exactly the same as we do right now. And then 2 Corinthians 3.17, and I think, where's Peggy? Is she in here? Yeah, Peggy, you, you've been saying this a lot. Freedom, there's freedom in Jesus. For the Lord is spirit. Say it with me. For the Lord is spirit. And whatever, wherever the spirit of the Lord is. Wow. The Lord is spirit. Wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Is the spirit going to be in heaven? <laughs> is there freedom in heaven? Uh, more freedom than we've ever, ever, ever had. We think we're free here, but trust me, we're not free. Not anywhere near like we're going to be in heaven. When we're in heaven, there is true freedom. He will live with us. We will be his people. There will be no barriers between us. We will see God for who he really is. And we'll be rejoicing with the angels. Oh, man, I just can't imagine. I mean, I, some of them dudes, some people have had visions of the angels even parked around this church. I suspect they're there right now. Just making sure that there's no interruptions. God wants you to know that he loves you. And those angels are protecting us so that what he's saying through this man it's making its mark. It's hitting its target. He wants you to know that you have a place in heaven. He wants you to be with him forever. What does it take? It takes you putting your trust in Jesus. Plain and simple. It's the only way to heaven. And if you haven't made that commitment to him, if you haven't said yes to Jesus, if you haven't asked him to forgive you of your sins, what are you waiting for? Do you want to be in heaven? Then this is what's required. People have said this out loud, and I want to slap them when I hear it. You know, heaven sounds pretty cool, but I, I like living. I like partying, you know, on this side. I, I just want to live my life like that. And then toward the end, I'll... I'll come to Jesus. It's not even a risk, Dave. It's just silly. Look, this life is a short little span of time. 
How long is forever? <laughs> the clock is broken. And if you're separated from God at death, then you're separated from God for eternity. And it's the choice we make on this side of heaven, on this planet, that will determine where you will live forever and who you will live with. Well, I want to hang with my buddies because we're all partiers. No, you don't. No. Hell is not a place. Hell is reserved for the devil and his fallen angels. God didn't make it for us. He made it for the devil. But there's no place in heaven for sinners because God is holy and he can't tolerate sin. So if your sin isn't under the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood that was shed at Calvary on that cross, that holy cross at Calvary, then your sin is not covered and you will not enter heaven. You don't want to be with your buddies. You don't. It's a horrible, horrible place. First hmm. Corinthians two nine. That's what the scripture means when they say, "No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him." Do you love Him? If you love him, you will do what is necessary now verse five. And the one sitting on the throne said, "Look, I'm making everything new." And then he said to me, "Write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true." You know what's interesting here? This is God speaking. Look, I am making everything new. Who is he speaking to? The angels don't need to hear this. I think he's speaking it to himself. This is my theology here, okay? You can throw stones at me later. But when God speaks, let there be light, what happens? And he's, he's speaking here. Look, I'm making everything new. What does that mean? It's going to happen. God is not a liar. He can't lie. So what he's saying here is going to happen. It's already happening and why did he have to say, write this down? For I tell you, this is trustworthy and true. <laughs> Some think that John, was, or he was just sitting there going, Whoa. and the angel had to remind him, look, you're supposed to be writing this down. <laughs> right? I mean, I can't imagine if you're seeing this and hearing this, and in your heart, your heart's just going, this is for me. This is for us. Hallelujah. 
verse 6. And he also said, oh, it is finished. I'm sure it was louder than that. Exclamation point. It is. I'm not going to yell because I got a mic on. It is finished. To me, this is a victorious shout. Jesus is excited. Ha! It is finished. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. Now that's a, that's a bad dude right there. The Alpha and the Omega. You know what the Alpha is, right? The big dog, right? In in a, a wolf pack, it's it's the He's tough. You don't mess with the Alpha. If you do, you're going to get a piece of your tail chewed off, right? Jesus is the Alpha in the spirit. Jesus is King. Jesus is Lord. He is the big dog. He is the beginning and the end. Say that with me. The beginning and the end. Oh, To all who are thirsty, where have we heard this before? To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. I shared that last week. He said he would give us rivers of living waters flowing out of us when we commit to him in Jesus' name. When we pray that prayer, God, forgive me for screwing up again. Cleanse me of my unrighteousness. Make me a new person. And God said, I will put my spirit in you and rivers of living water will flow out of you. Hallelujah. But this is different. (laughs) This water brings life. And as we drink from it, as I understand this, we will live forever. Hallelujah. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. Verse 7. All who are, say it, all who are victorious. Ooh. All who are victorious. Victorious. What does that mean? What does it mean to have the victory? Thank you. Those who finished the race. How many of you, when you leave church, you've got all kinds of things coming at you? Trying to get your focus off of heaven and onto stuff. Raise your hand if, if that happens to you when you leave here. The rest of you know? Come on, really? Wow, you got, you got to tell me your secret. I walk out of here, I get in that car, I start going down the road, and almost immediately, somebody does something dumb. You know where I'm going with this. Human nature. Ah. I like to think I have the victory. And then I don't. Man, always. 
Then it reminds me of going back and going back. And guess what? That's okay. Go back and go back and go back. Stop going back. When you stop going back, that's when your heart gets hard. Jesus died for your sins yesterday, today, and forever. It's once and done for him. For us, it's ongoing until we are in heaven. You're in a battle. We're in a battle. Every Christian is in a battle. You online, you are in a battle. And the devil wants to destroy you. Don't let him. Get the victory in Jesus. Keep the victory in Jesus. And one day, you're going to hear those famous words that we all want to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. But it requires all of us to live a victorious life. That doesn't mean you're perfect. <laughs> Any perfect people here? You're in the wrong church if you are. This is the church of the broken. Because all people are broken. But guess what? We serve a heavenly God, a master, who is able to reassemble us, put us back together, Better than ever. Jesus is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Are you thirsty? Amen. Hallelujah. Live this life like you want that water, that living water. Live this life like you want more of the Spirit in you every day. Last Sunday, I felt that, that the Holy Spirit showed up here. And he poured himself out into us. And people left here different and changed. Amen. Was that a once and done thing? No. It should be every day. Every Sunday especially. God shows up because he wants us to be like him. He wants us to walk in the spirit. To live in the spirit. And to thirst for those living waters. Hallelujah. Those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them what? All who are victorious, all who finish the race will inherit eternal life. All. 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 He will be our God. And we, we will be his children. That's his promise. The now and the not yet. As I begin to close. <laughs> Paul said this to the Colossian church. You were dead because of your sins. And because of your sinful nature. It, I'm sorry. And because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Ooh. Circumcised. Then God made you alive with Christ. For he forgave some of our sins. All. Say it with me. All. Come on, say it like you mean it. All. All our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us. <laughs> 
And he did that by nailing them to the cross. And I did that one time. I had you guys write down things you were dealing with. And you came up and you put a nail in that cross. Jesus nailed your sins to the cross. It was a definitive statement to say, na 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 you can't have them. Because Jesus paid the price. <laughs> it's done. The devil can't do anything about it. It's under the blood. What did John say? Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Verse 15, in this way, he disarmed. <laughs> he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. Who is that? The devil. Those who are spreading wickedness. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. His victory. Not ours. But we accept that victory on our behalf when we say yes to Jesus. It's done. Nailed to the cross. Everything you've ever done. And some of you are going, yeah, well, you don't know what I've lived. I don't care what you've lived. God knows what you've done. God knows what you haven't done that you should have done. He doesn't care about that. It's finished. It's under the blood if you put it there. But you've got to say yes to him. You've got to say, Jesus, I screwed up. I blew it. I need you. We are made new by the blood of Jesus. Past, present, and future, forgiven. I started with this. Your future is bright, regardless of how difficult this life appears to be. But it does require that you stand firm in your faith and not give up. Your hope is in the victory that Jesus has already secured. I'm going to say that again. Your hope, your faith, is placed in the victory that Jesus has already attained. You don't have to do any more than just say, I accept what you did. <laughs> well, that's pretty simple. Uh-huh. And that's why it blows me away when I see people not pray this prayer that I'm about to offer here. Because it's like, yes, it's simple, but it's so profound. God said, if they confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if they believe in their heart that he rose from the dead on their behalf, they will be saved. Ha! And Jesus' victory 
And the nailing of those sins on the cross becomes your victory. And your sins are nailed to that cross. I heard a loud shout. (laughs) Victory is ours. Philippians 4.13 For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Romans 8, 37, no, despite all these things, what's he talking about? He's talking about the chaos that's coming at you. He's talking about when you get home and there's no more money left to pay the bills. (laughs) Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. victory is in Jesus. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? This is for somebody here or online, for a man. You, your eyes have been wandering. You, you've been looking in places you shouldn't be looking. You're married, but you haven't been living right. And God sees this, and he challenges you today to come home, come home. If that's you, you think that you can get away with this, but you're not getting away with anything. He knows. He knows. He knows your name. He knows your number. And he's calling you today to repent, meaning that you turn from your wicked ways, turn back to God, and say, Lord, forgive me. Help me. Help me to love my wife. Help me to live for you all the days I have left with heads bowed and eyes closed today. If you're here and you'd say, Pastor Norm, I need this Jesus. I I want to live in the victory that he's already attained for me. I know I'm a sinner. I know I can't do this on my own and I need help. And I want to be in heaven with him forever. But I'm not ready. If that's you, just lift your hand up right now real quick. Come on. Anybody else? Hands going up. Yep, yep, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? You can put them down if you already raised them. God knows, God knows. Don't walk out of here today because you don't know how much longer you're going to have. If you're not right with God and something were to happen today, where would you be? Come on. I'm not going to embarrass anybody here today, but I want to make sure people are ready. Just taking a little more time here. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit's working on somebody. Who is it? Come on. Don't leave here. Don't leave here without making that change. I know it's scary and you're like, ah, that means I can't drink anymore. Well, okay. If that's what God's telling you not to do. The Bible says don't get drunk. 
Anybody? Come on. You put it down. Thank you. I feel like there's one more. I want everybody to pray this with me. Father God, thank you for Jesus, the name above all names. Today I speak Jesus. He saved me. He paid the ultimate price. So I wouldn't have to. So today, I confess my sin to you, those known and unknown. Wash me clean today, Lord. Make me a new person. I put my faith and my trust in God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Fill me today with your Holy Spirit. Make me a new person. I dedicate my life to you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Would you give the Lord a hand today? Before I close, I, if I could have our uh, prayer partners up here. If you have a need today and you need prayer, please feel free to uh, come and receive. We're here for you. We are the body of Christ. We're going to be in heaven together. Thanks to the victory that Jesus has already given us. I hope your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And if it isn't, and you didn't make that, you didn't make that prayer part of your life today, when you get home, do it. You're going to be miserable till you do. I hope. Just, just speaking as a pastor. God loves you. If he didn't, he wouldn't want you in heaven with him. But he does. So, Let's go out of here today like the victorious church. I heard a loud shout. What? Come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> to God be all the glory and all the praise and all the honor with everything he's doing here and in the families at home watching online. Lord, keep us safe in our coming in and our going. Help us to let our light shine brightly, especially in these days when many are questioning their very existence. Lord, we love you and we commit the people of the hope, your church, your family, into your hands. And we all, all pray this in the precious and holy name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.